Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. JT did it again. This is On Air with JT. Join JT, visionary and host for a 420-friendly improv and variety talk show. Featuring pop culture, news, interviews, debates, and the home of the famous JT Rants. Here, mental health awareness is at the forefront, with JT on a mission to inspire and spread mental health awareness. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. You can stay up to date and get in touch by heading to onairwithjt.com. To contact the show directly or for business inquiries, use onairwithjt at gmail.com. On Air with JT, hosted by JT and Maddie. On Air with JT. Listen to On Air with JT on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Go to onairwithjt.com. If you are a business owner, brand, company, or anyone selling a product and you want to advertise on this podcast, email the show directly at onairwithjt at gmail.com. We are offering extremely low rates for a limited time. Once again, email the show at onairwithjt at gmail.com. JT did it again. JT here. You might not notice how much time you actually waste rolling blunts. I mean, I didn't. Wouldn't you rather be spending that time doing what you actually love? You know, spending time rolling blunts and joints, it's very time consuming. Ain't nobody got time for that. Especially rolling joints from hand can be a little difficult at times and they often come out looking a little ugly. More smoking, less rolling with a canagar that burns longer. Instead of rolling four joints back to back next time you're with your friends, make a canagar that will save you the time and burn just as long if not longer. Seriously. JT approved. Even in the smallest size that holds one to two grams, you're getting more out of that than a regular blunt. And it's burning less, getting higher, you're saving money, you're saving weed. I mean, it's a win-win situation. You can also get the perfect looking roll every single time since the weed is compressed into a perfect shape that will stand out. You might be asking yourself, well, how does it work? Well, I'll tell you. The weed is compressed into the mold with the skewer placed in the middle for the airflow. Since the weed is tightly compressed, it leaves less space for air pockets in your roll and hence less burn speed since fire needs air to move quicker. Go pick up your Canagar right now and tell them that JT sent you. PurpleRoseSupply.com You can follow Purple Rose Supply on Instagram at Purple Rose Supply. Smoke more, roll less. Purple Rose Supply. Go pick up a Kanagar for yourself and you will see that it is the shit. Go to purplerosesupply.com. You can also follow them on Instagram at purplerosesupply. Tell them JT sent you. You are listening to On Air with JT. On Air with JT, hosted by... JT and Maddie. JT did it again. How's it going, everybody? You are listening to On Air with JT, and I have a very exclusive interview with such a talented intellectual that I've looked up to for so many years, and it's just so surreal that I'm able to have a conversation. Ricky Williams, how are you doing today? I'm great. I mean, it's cool. It's cool being a professional football player to have gotten to the point where the introduction includes my intelligence oh i love it (laughs) i was doing you know it's so funny because i'm from boston so obviously i grew up a patriots fan and just even when i was a kid you know remember just vividly you know watching games you know pats versus you know the dolphins and just just admiring just i was just even at a young age i was like this guy's a beast this guy's a beast he's a monster like he's untouchable like even at a young age like it's so crazy at least from my experience and a lot of people in boston new england you know don't usually like the opposing players or something like that but you know i always like to give respect to people regardless if you know i agree with their you know standpoint viewpoints or 
whatever they're doing in life, you know, if they're doing something that I admire or something great, you know, I, I always like to give flowers and credit when it's due. Again, it's surreal to have this conversation with you. And, you know, I, I really admire, Ricky, um, everything that you are doing, you know, in terms of just bringing to light, whether it's cannabis, how it can help with, you know, mental health or talking about spirituality. I kind of can relate in some ways because growing up, you know, I didn't have a, you know, I've I had a pretty traumatic, you know, life throughout my life, realized, you know, I was pretty sensitive a, as a kid. And, you know, I also grew up without a father and, like my father wasn't in my life, you know, he was just, you know, I didn't have a good relationship with my father. And, you know, I was just trying to basically figure out who I am, because I didn't have like a, a mentor or, or someone to show me the way like, yes, my mom and is, you know, I, I thank my mom, because she, you know, she kind of had to play, you know, both roles. And, you know, I'm forever grateful on the lessons she taught me. But, you know, when you go through like that kind of experience, you know, uh, like that from at least from my perspective, I feel like, you know, w growing up and then, you know, discovering myself and learning lessons about life and just whatever it might be, you know, you try and go and search for something that you can put your all, all of your energy and your heart into. And I don't want to say to overcompensate, um, necessarily, but, you know, it, 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 I don't know for, for me personally, it, it kind of gave me like, uh, somewhat of a, a fuel in a way, subconsciously looking back. Um, and I, I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Oh, oh, I mean, you know, I'm an astrologer. And so part, part of, part of the skill of being a good astrologer is seeing how everything makes sense, mm -hmm. you know, because if some if something is coming out of your mouth, it's based on your experiences, unless you're full of shit, which you're not, you yeah. know, we're having a, an authentic conversation. Mm -hmm. So, so it's my job to make whatever comes out of your mouth make sense. Okay. And because, and because I spend all day thinking about symbols and because astrology is really a symbolic system to help us understand understand energies right okay? and so what i what i what i heard through my astrological lens is is what we talk about when we talk about the planet pluto right because pluto pluto is the wound mm -hmm. you know pluto is the wound but also embedded in that wound is this passion to do something to make the world a better place exactly and so so i think in the beginning because as we're healing the wound, it is an overcompensation, but that's part of the process. Cool. And, you know, and through overcompensating, you know, we heal the wound and it becomes less of an overcompensation. It actually becomes the gift that we truly have to offer the world. Exactly. And something you said, something you said earlier, um, the, this phrase, and it just jumped out, bringing to light, mm -hmm. bringing to light, you know, and if we're bringing something to light, it's because whatever the thing is, it's been shrouded in some kind of darkness. And so I think this idea of bringing to light, I think it works on a personal level. There are certain things inside of us, inside of all of us that are shrouded in darkness and we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to the people around us to bring those things to light. Right? And I think there's things in our community right? and in humanity and in the, in the larger sense of, of community of, that are shrouded in darkness. And I think we owe it to ourselves and to each other to bring those things to light, too. And I think this is the beauty of the the movement and the openness to having more conversations about mental health. Because exactly. mental health is the process of bringing the things that are shrouded in darkness, bringing them to the light. Yep, I 100% agree with you, Ricky. And it's so ironic that you mentioned that is because, you know, I, I made a video a YouTube video and I made an episode on my podcast being extremely vulnerable things that I never even told girlfriends my mother best friends literally exposing all of this to the world and you know it went semi-viral what I realized over the years of all of these experiences that I've gone through 
you know, and I'm sure that you can probably agree with this, you know, we all, it's all about, you know, learning and growing. Mm. And, you know, some people are chosen, I personally believe that some people are chosen, you know, to, when they pick that blueprint, that plan before they come into this life, this, this, yeah, initially 3D, you know, realm, they, they, they know what supposed to do. They, they know subconsciously, at least, at least at birth, you know, what you're supposed to do, what your mission, what your purpose is in life. And what I realized throughout the years, you know, I was in, and I'm just now getting, it's so funny because like you're so passionate about astrology and I'm just now getting into that. And I'm an Aquarius. So now the Pluto, you know, you know, Pluto's going into Aquarius completely shifted for me. I was in this vicious cycle, you know, for my entire life. For, you know, I'm 29 years old, so I was in these cycles back to back. I got like, I don't know how it happened, but I just got stuck in these cycles. And literally the other day, out of nowhere, it was like the best way I can explain explain it to someone that wouldn't know it's like the universe just like just slapped me out of nowhere and it just like shifted me right into like a 5d consciousness fifth realm like fifth dimension it it was a very profound experience and i don't know if have you ever had one of those experiences every day so so listen this this is the teaching okay Mm. (laughs) oh my god so it's it's not that you're that you're just having the experience. It's mm. more that you're just waking up to the experience. You've been ah. having this experience. You've been having this experiences your whole life. Mm. If you ever watch a young child, mm. right? The young. If you watch the guy, I have a one and a half year old. Mm. And if you watch them, you see that they're a hundred percent invested in the developmental process. Mm. You know, and and we're going through the exact same process, except mm. we have we're more self conscious about it. Yes. You know, where he falls down and he doesn't say, <laughs> oh, my God, he doesn't say I'm a failure. I'm stuck. I'm never going to be right. He just gets back up and he keeps and he keeps on going. He's a and warrior. I think one of the, exactly. Well, he's a he's alive. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's it, that's a manifestation of, of the aliveness expressing through the warrior. And he definitely is. But but this is what life is about. You exactly. know, that the. That life is a developmental process. And even when we talk about what is my purpose, like, listen, okay, that people can get lost in that question. To me, the idea of your, of getting clear on what is your purpose, your purpose is to develop. I agree. It's to grow. I agree. That's what, because if you, if you focus your energy on the developmental process, you fall into your purpose. Mm-hmm. Because if you keep developing, you're developing for a specific reason. Exactly. That's what we mean when we say purpose. And so if you just keep developing the way the universe is pushing you to develop, you will, gra- you will magnetize, you will gravitate to mm-hmm. your purpose. Exactly. And, and that's where I messed up, Ricky, for so long. You know, I, see, okay, this, I, I have to point out, I have to point out the language, okay? Mm-hmm. A baby, when the baby falls down, the baby does not think that the baby messed up. They understand it as a, as part of the developmental process. Ah, okay. I see. Hmm, I never thought mess, about it like that. Mess up, there's a heaviness, right? Where we, we have to judge ourselves mm-hmm. and then go backwards a couple of steps and beat ourselves up before we allow ourselves to move forward. You can argue that it's effective, but you can't argue that it's efficient. If you just understand that everything is a developmental process, like the baby, you fall down and you get back up. Mm -hmm. And you know, you know that because of that experience of falling down, Mm -hmm. you're not going to fall down that way anymore. That's what development is. It's the recognition of, oh, okay, I'm growing. I'm moving to another dimension. There's more information. There's more experiences added to my life that help me appreciate the bigger picture and because i appreciate the bigger picture right i'm not going to fall down as much exactly and then I, I personally feel like you know certain people go through certain experiences and when they come to that certain enlightenment you know they're able to share that knowledge with others that might not have experienced that in life at that moment or maybe ever and they can give some insight and some wisdom to others you know in, in yeah i, I 
I agree, but I think the most powerful way to give wisdom and insight mm. is by being, being it. Okay. You know, it's because it, it's so easy, and I think we, we get rid of the energy when we just talk about it. It's like all the things we know we're supposed to do and we can talk about it, but if we look in the mirror, we realize we're not actually doing them in our lives. Where if we put the energy that we use to talking about it into actually doing it, people would be inspired by by the energy that is vibrating off of us. Mm. You know? And I think when people truly realize the only thing you actually have to give anyone is what you give yourself. That's it. You can pretend to give someone something else, but the reality is... I mean, it's because our tra- it's our training. Yeah. It's our training, right? Yeah. Part of the, ve- the developmental process is learning, okay, that it's time to grow out of certain things, mm-hmm. right? And, and to me, that's a like, more compassionate, kind way to, to tend to our mental health. Mm-hmm. Because I think when people have mental health crises, it's because they've not given themselves love and compassion to appreciate that they're, on, they're in a developmental process. Yeah. I, I 100% agree, Ricky. And it took me so long to realize that. And I, and I kind of knew subconsciously what my purpose was. And, you know, when you ignore that, when you ignore that intuition, which a lot of people, so many people do, and you take that left and sit when you were supposed to take that right, so, you know, the universe manages eventually to somehow shift you back to the right path. And now that I'm on that path, you know, I, and after making that video and basically trying to share my story and be vulnerable, it's made such an impact, helped people that were in, through, in crisis. And I didn't even think that like that would even happen. People have told me that I inspire them and like no interview, no amount of money, nothing compares receive when I know that me being vulnerable, sharing my story knowing that some other people might look at me differently or perceive me differently, which I don't care about. But, you know, I mean, I guess an extent, some people on a subconscious level, whether they say they care about it, they do, but because we're all human. But, you know, what I realize is that my purpose is to, I what I believe is, is, is to continue to inspire people, to show people that, you know, you can go through anything in life and, and you can overcome it and, and you can accomplish any dreams that you have. And, you know, especially when it comes to mental health, you know, I, I just I'm such a big advocate on it just from my life experiences. So I, I like to uh, talk about it so much. And I'm just, again, grateful to have the opportunity to talk to you because, you know, this will bring more awareness to, so more people can see and have a, a deeper understanding, hopefully, about, you know, things that they might not be seeing on, on uh, you know, conscious level um, to a certain degree. You know, I, I think all that is wonderful and I agree. But to me, the main message for people right now is to, uh, to truly ground yourself in the understanding that life is a developmental process. Okay. Like just, just that one, that one idea. You know, I, I think of. <laughs> I think again, I have a, I have a young one, so my mind is is very much in this developmental mode, and realizing, you know, when he was a baby, you know, he'd pee and shit everywhere, and kick <laughs> us, and keep us up at keep us up at night, you know, things that <laughs> right that typically we would think are not good things, right? Yeah. But we. We, we did it lovingly, you know, we laugh and we tell all these wonderful stories and we have so much compassion for baby's process because we, right, we're clear, mm-hmm. right, that this is a vulnerable being in a developmental process. And as they develop, there's going to be, th- you know, these things are going to go away, right? They're going to mature out of these phases and these processes. And so if we can learn from that and, and give ourselves that same kind of kindness and understand when we're tripping over ourselves and shitting on ourselves, right? And, <laughs> and kicking ourselves, yeah. keeping us, keeping ourselves up late at night, that we're, we're in a process. And what we need is love and caring and compassion in those moments. We don't need to beat ourselves up and judge ourselves more for being stuck. Yeah. And, and, and I was in that cycle for so long and a lot of people are, you know, as well. And it's a hard, you know, sometimes it's very hard to get out of that cycle that, that, because it's a, it's kind of like a vicious vortex in, in a way, you know, 
to some degree for some people, it, you know, and some people just, it, it's very hard to, to get out of that. You know, it, you really have to, you know, shift your, your whole entire mindset. And, and that cannot always be in the easiest thing to do, you know, for some people based on their current situations and what's going on in their lives. Well, well, here's the thing, right? We can all, anyone who's lived 29 years, right? Anyone who's lived to their Saturn return, mm. ah, Saturn, the, Saturn, the planet of hard work and discipline. Anyone that's lived this long mm. understands that there are things in life, okay, that are hard, mm. right? And if you don't do those things that are hard, you're not going to be very happy. Exactly. All right, but, but what, what Saturn teaches us is if we, especially as we become adults, we have more agency. We have more control. And so we can choose the difficult things that we do. Um, and I think, you know, and speaking of changing your mindset, yes, it's difficult. But it's one of the things if you put the effort and the time and the energy into doing, it makes everything else so much easier. You know? And I, I see like one of the biggest things that, that plague people is what I call it's an addiction to judgment. You know, it's like we're, we've all been trained by judgment, you know, our parents telling us, no, don't do this. Society telling us, no, this is bad. Right. Yeah. We're telling us, yes, yeah. this is good. Mm -hmm. So we get rewarded for the things that our parents and society think are good. And we get punished for the things that are bad. Mm -hmm. That's been the system we've all been trained in. Yeah. And so and so we apply that same system to ourselves. Right. Except it's not kind. It's not. It's not, again, it might be effective depending on how you define it, but it's not efficient because we have to use so much force against ourselves to get us to do things. And often things that we don't even, right, that aren't even good for us. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the, the number one thing, like effort, energy to put into changing one's mindset is to free oneself of the addiction to judgment. I never really thought about that, Ricky. I, I really got to look into that to a deeper level. Because when I was younger, entire life until maybe about like a year or two ago, I was, I would always say like, yeah, I don't care what people think, blah, blah, blah. But I did. And a lot of people do that. But it didn't, you know, really, I, I, until, until that real shift happened recently, like, it brought so much enlightenment where I just see the world from a different perspective. And it really shows you, at least for me personally, it was kind of like an ego death experience. You know, um, you realize and you come with so many epiphanies and revelations of about life or what you might be doing wrong or what you've done wrong or what you need to work on and, and things like that. Uh, at least that's what my personal experience was like. Yeah. I'm telling you, even just when you start saying that, you can feel the heaviness of it. Yeah. You can feel the heaviness of it. Right. And I'm not trying to say like that everyone is perfect, but when you, the idea of wrong, okay. If you put it in a developmental context, you see it, it's not as heavy. You realize that it's just a process of figuring it out. And as long as we honor that process of figuring it out, then everything we do wrong becomes extremely valuable because it helps us figure it out. That makes so much sense. So one last question about astrology, Ricky. I just want to hear your point of view. So I did a little bit of research. Pluto is going into Aquarius for a few months, right? And then it goes to what was it Capricorn or, or something for, and then it comes back in like 2024 for like 20 plus years or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, the, the way people tend to talk about astrology and it's, and it's completely understandable is they talk about it like it's a superstition, mm -hmm. you know, even this idea of this hasn't happened in a long time. What does it mean? Okay. That's, <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry that's 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 superstition all right yeah. and so like the, what, what i call what i do i call it astro logic okay all right because to me for anything to be useful useful that you can manipulate it and use it and play with it right it has to be logical there has to be some kind of logic to it mm. okay all right and so the assumption that people believe in astrology or it's illogical all right well 
I have to dispel that. I, I might, I can acknowledge that it's a different kind of logic. You know, it's more of a stellar or a cosmic logic, but a hundred percent, it's logical, logical, mm -hmm. right? And one of the ways we, you know, we can prove that is <laughs> the idea of a year, okay, mm -hmm. a year, right? From an astrological perspective, we look at a chart and we can say a year is the time it takes from for the sun to move from where it was at any fixed point to return to that same point, okay? Mm -hmm. From an astrological perspective, right? And so someone says they're celebrating their birthday, okay? I, I'm a Gemini. I was born the first day of Gemini, so the sun was at zero degrees Gemini. Every year when the sun returns to zero degrees Gemini, guess what? I, I celebrate my birthday, okay? <laughs> yep. So, so there's, there's a logic. In each of the celestial objects, you know, in, in, a, in astrology, the sun, moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Those are the celestial objects that we use in astrology. Each of them has a similar orbit. For the sun, it's a year. For the moon, it's about 27 and a half days. Okay. Uh, for the Pluto, it's about 256 years. Okay. So a Pluto year, the time it takes for Pluto to move, to make one, one trip. Okay, around the chart is about 256 years. Okay, wow. so we can say Pluto hasn't hasn't entered, hasn't been at this place in the in the zodiac, right? because it takes a long time. It moves really slowly. Okay, it hasn't been to this place in the cycle in about 256 years. Yes. Okay. All right, and so now we have to dig a little bit deeper to understand like what does it even mean, right, for a planet to move through a sign. Yeah. A planet to move through a sign, okay? And again, we go back to the sun because most people are familiar with that, mm -hmm. okay? And because they say, when's your birthday, right? You tell people when your birthday is and they say, oh, you're a Gemini or, oh, you're an Aquarius, okay? And so because on that date, okay, the sun, the celestial object, the sun was in that sign, mm -hmm. right? And then we say, oh, you're an Aquarius, you know, you think outside the box, you're learning to not care what people think, you know, you can be a little cold and aloof sometimes, mm -hmm. okay? What we're describing is there's a certain quality, quality that's associated with the sign. I see. Okay? A certain quality associated with the sign. And in astrology, because most people only know about the sun, okay, the sun brings a solar radiance, you know, the sun is, is warm, it gives life, it gives vitality, we recognize it, everything revolves around it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So inside of each of us, the sun represents our ego, our identity. Mm -hmm. And so if we're born when the sun is in Aquarius, our identity is radiating these Aquarian qualities of independence, individuality. Right? And so you'll see people that are Aquarians. <clears throat> I don't think you can define them a certain way, but if you start to talk to them about freedom and liberation and everyone do their own thing, you'll see all of them. They light up. Yeah. Because those yeah. those energies activate their sun. Yeah. Right? And so and so astrology really at the core of astrology is really about understanding the energy of a planet and the energy of a sign. Because the planets represent archetypes, core archetypes. The sun, this solar radiance, this energy. Okay? Mm -hmm. So but each of the planets always, at least from our perspective on Earth, are always manifesting through a sign. So there's a certain energy that the planet is vibrating towards. All right. Now we get to Pluto. <clears throat> so Pluto is the energy. <clears throat> I say Pluto is the energy. It's the urge to get to the bottom of something. Okay. okay? The urge to get to the bottom of something. Ah, oh, that makes so right? sense. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, and so the and Pluto, at least in the beginning, can be uncomfortable, right? It's like you meet someone, right, and they're asking you all these peer, like these probing questions because they have the urge to get to the bottom of who you are, okay? Uh -huh. That person in their chart, you're going to see, right? They're going to have strong Pluto. Pluto's going to be, or Scorpio's going to be really strong in their chart because these energies, right, they, they, they manifest through us. And if someone has a strong Pluto, right, whether it's conscious or unconscious, that person right, is going to be motivated to get to the bottom of things, mm -hmm. right? And so, <clears throat> right, detectives, right, detectives usually have strong Plutos, mm -hmm. right, this probing kind of energy, right? And so Pluto moves into a new sign, okay, right? This energy of getting to the bottom of stuff, okay, is going to be expressing through that sign, mm -hmm. right? Pluto coming into Aquarius. And one of the things that, that Pluto does, 
right? It makes things that are unconscious, okay? It brings them to the surface. Ah. Right? Things that are things that have been buried, right? And things are buried for for good reasons, okay? But everything that's buried eventually is going to come to the surface. And those in the Plutonian times, those things come to the surface. And yeah. so what we can see, what we can see based off reality, okay, of what's going on, Pluto enters Aquarius in the buzz, right? And Aquarius rules technology, 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 mm-hmm. right? And the buzz right now in, in reference to technology, so much is about AI, Yep. right? And part of this, you know, part of this archetypal fusion of Pluto and Aquarius is, is, you know, draws back to the story of Frankenstein. This idea of technology that we don't understand, you know, right? Sometimes has implications that we didn't realize because they were buried, right? But, you know, that's only part of the story. The other part of the story is these, these buried things come to the surface. Right, we're in a position to do something about them because when things are buried, we don't know they're there. We can't attend to them. So it's like these secrets that we keep from ourselves. Right, this is Pluto applied more to a, on a personal level. Yeah. You go through a Plutonian time, things that have happened to you that you've quote unquote forgotten have happened to you. Right, these things that you've buried. Right, they're coming to the surface, and it's it can be scary because again, there's a valid reason we buried them in the first place. Yeah. But the opportunity is that, right, we're mature enough now that we can deal with them. Because exactly. oftentimes the things the things we bury is because we weren't mature enough, we didn't have the resources, we didn't have the information to know how to deal with them. And so it's a gift to bury them until we're more mature and we can deal with them. I 100% agree. Because my whole life, just based on my life, you know, I was, I eventually, my brain was just conditioned to always think worst case scenario, like even just the littlest thing, the smallest things, like just, this is going to, it's going to happen this way. It's not going to go this way, blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, it's funny. My mom would always tell me like, you can't think like that. And, and, and I always, that's Saturn, by the way, that's, uh, that's Saturn. I see. Okay. And and I I was, and I, and I was always a big believer in the law of attraction and manifestation and, and throughout the years and learning more. But what, when, with one of those epiphanies, when I did, you know, shift consciousness and, and I basically was aware to the fact that I kind of been screwing myself this whole time, you know, because we underestimate the power of frequency and vibration. Like Tesla had it right. Like if you really want to understand the secrets of the universe, you know, think in terms of vibration, frequency, and, and things like that. Like people underestimate how powerful, you know, energy is. Like what we think is what we feel, you know. We're speaking the, we're speaking the same language. So what, when you just said that the tendency that you noticed is to always go to worst case scenario, uh-huh. that frequency, that frequency from an astrological perspective is the frequency we call Saturn. Uh, okay. All right, and and this is just simple math. I know you told me you were in Aquarius yes. and you told me that yes. that you are 29. That's correct. Right? So 20 29 years is how long it takes Saturn to make one cycle around the, around the charts. Wow. Right. That makes so okay. much sense. Yeah. So I'm guessing that Saturn is going to be relatively close to your sun in your natal chart, you know, which would explain why if Saturn is activating anything in our chart, whatever Saturn activates, Saturn is the frequency of thinking of worst case scenario. Right. And it's not and it's not a bad thing because Saturn is the is the urge, the need for survival. Mm-hmm. And in order to survive, we have to be aware of what the worst thing that, that can happen is. Otherwise, we're not going to survive. We're not going to be able to plan for it. Yeah. And this is a positive manifestation of Saturn, the ability to recognize what could go wrong and then to do something make about that it. change. You got to make that change. Exactly. Exactly. And it, exactly. Can, it, can, it can be uncomfortable at first, like you said that. And that's, you know, you got to break out of that bubble. You got to break out of that comfort zone. Yeah. And Saturn is a part of the planet is the energy, the frequency that gives us the ability to do what's uncomfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're sitting there and you're on the couch, you know, you don't feel like doing something, but you realize you got to pay the bills, you know, <laughs> worst case scenario, I get kicked out on the street. Your ass gets up and you do something right. Yeah. That's Saturn, you know? Wow. That's that's really crazy. Thank you, thank you so much, Ricky, for the insight. I, I'm definitely gonna have to do my research after this interview. <laughs> but, 
But um, good, good, Ricky, good. so you're, you're from San Diego, right? You were, you were born in San yep. Diego? Nice. Um, I actually plan on moving to L.A. soon, but I lived in uh, the Bay Area for a few months a couple years ago. I, I love California. I just, I really love Cali. Essentially, Ricky, when did you realize that, hey, I think I have a shot at making the NFL or at least, you know, college? Like, I think I got something here. Mm, I kind of knew since I was probably seven. Wow. You know, I didn't know that it would be football, but uh-huh. but I just had this. I just had the sense. I don't know. I grew up uh, in a very religious household, mm-hmm. and I think when you're young, you're you're so impressionable and wide open that you you believe what the people what the people tell you. That's what happened. So, I grew up Catholic. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, when I went to church and they told me that I could, you know, be anything I wanted to be if I just prayed. Um, I prayed a lot. <laughs> Me too. Oh my god! Oh my god! So, so I, I had faith, you know. I had faith as a, as a young child and recognized pretty early, you know. I was probably five or six and realized that I had some athletic ability and I could watch TV and realize that, you know, African Americans that have have that had athletic ability had the opportunity to like, there is a pathway. And so when you have faith and you see a pathway, that's a powerful combination. Definitely. Drafted in the MLB? I, I didn't even know you, you played baseball, Ricky. Yeah, actually, that was, that was my first love. I mean, I was, I was a baseball player much earlier than, than I was a football player. And when, wow. I had those vis- when I had those visions of being a professional athlete as a seven-year-old, it was actually as a baseball player. Wow. It's so funny, like, like see, from my perspective, just as a like, fan of athletes, like, you, you see, like, the Tom Brady, like, how he got drafted by the Expos. Like, if he would have done that, it, it's just so crazy. No, 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 no. Have you, seen, you see that movie, Everything About, what's that movie, Everything, the one that won all the awards? No, I, I haven't. Okay, you need to watch it. You okay. need to watch that movie. All right, I okay. Because what, what you see is there's there's so many, there's infinite pathways we can take in our in our lives. Okay. You know? And and it's a fantasy to think that any pathway we would have taken, we would have been just, just as successful. It's certain pathways that we take, you know, they're more in alignment with, with who, what we're really supposed to be doing. And so the manifestation is going to be more success. Wow. And there's going to be certain pathways that, the, that, that society or our parents or television has told us we're supposed to take. And if we that are not in alignment with where we're supposed to go, and if we take those pathways, I we're gonna stub our we're gonna stub our toe a bunch, and it's not a negative thing. The stubbing our toe is to help nudge us back to our 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 genuine path, our genuine journey in life. Definitely, I, I really didn't think about it like that. Wow, <laughs> you're really giving me a lot of gems and a lot, all the listeners really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm a Gemini. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Gemini, and I've and I've lived. So you know, Gemini's are about having vast amount of experiences so that you have some perspective to share with people Definitely. and i think that, that that's what i've done you know 100 percent agree and, and i really <laughs> i really appreciate and admire people like you just anyone that you know has achieved things in life and that has a platform where they can use that to make the world a better place to the best of, of their ability you know I, I hate to see when people have all these large platforms and all these things, but you know they don't want to do anything to change the world or help or bring. Well, it's any scary. Kind of knowledge or it's it's scary. Yeah, you know? it, it really it's scary. scary. Like people people work really hard to to build a name for themselves, and I think it's difficult when you've worked that hard and you realize you have so much to lose. It's it's hard, and the other thing people don't realize is. You know, for me to to have had so many experiences to have this perspective, I had to quit. I had to quit my job and like travel the world and reprioritize things. You know, if I had stayed on the same track, you know, maybe I'd be more famous, but I wouldn't have this such I wouldn't have the the ability to utilize the platform. And I think there's this trade off for the the amount of time and energy that people use to create the platform is time and energy they haven't been used to develop their own self and their own character so they have something to actually share in the platform 
I mean, that, that's where my like mental health came to a head is where my platform was getting larger. But when I looked in the mirror, I realized I've been chasing this dream so much. I don't really have shit to say. I don't even have anything meaningful to like <laughs> to put forward on the platform. Mm-hmm. And that scared me. And so I retired from the NFL and I said, I need to have some more experiences. So I actually have something to like put put forth. And so I was fortunate enough to 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 travel for a year and to really find myself and to reprioritize my my life. And I was lucky enough to be able to come back and play five more years in the NFL to reestablish my platform. And, and now I get the opportunity to talk to people like you and and tell an inspiring story that hopefully gets people to like not just talk about being better, but actually doing something about it. Definitely. I, I really admire that and respect that, Ricky. And, and it's just so... It's crazy just the amount of athletes, you know, that end up going broke or, 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 you know, they're just not that smart with their money. And we're all, we all make dumb decisions and things like that. And that's how we learn. But, you know, again, I I admire just you as an entrepreneur as well. I mean, just with everything that you're creating and, and I mean, Heisman is just an amazing, amazing brand. And and I, I really like I just even just in terms of just the visuals and marketing, not even talking about product, but just in terms of just the, the overall message, the, the vision, like what it stands for, you know, the the meaning behind why you created it. You know, I, I really respect that. Yeah, you know, I, I've had to, and football really helped me with this is appreciate that you need a team, you know, and I think part of attracting the right teammates is appreciating your own value meaning what you what you have to offer and that helps you appreciate what else you need and i think because of my platform and my story i've been able to attract a lot of talent and so with heisman i'm the vision holder and i I put out my ideas and my perspective and and i work with my partners to see what we can make real and so i think in terms of a of a brand you know i think it's difficult because in cannabis something that's been illegal and been persecuted for so long it's hard to have an authentic brand because People don't really have stories, and most of the authentic stories of people in the cannabis industry are the stories of criminals. Mm-hmm. Not because they were criminals, but because cannabis was criminal. Yeah. And I think yeah. I'm one of the, the only people right now that has an authentic cannabis story that people can relate to. 100% one of agree. being persecuted, mm-hmm. you know, but <laughs> I agree. I agree. being persecuted. But it's a it's a more uplifting story because I didn't allow the persecution to define me in a negative way. I've turned mm-hmm. it into something that's been a positive thing. You know, you mm-hmm. talked about entrepreneurship and seeing a seeing a need and doing something about it. And I see a need where people should be proud of who they are, regardless of what other people think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, be proud of who you are and do it on purpose, and good things happen. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> Ricky. Um, I, I do have a question though. Just just from looking back watching you play did you know i knew i had a mental health disorder when i was like five okay yeah you know? same here yeah but, I, I got PTSD but, but, but here's but, but here here's but here's where i'm what i'm saying like i know it sounds a certain way but when yeah. i I'm, I'm kind of saying it in a joking way yeah meaning when i looked around at the world and i saw the quote-unquote normal people uh-huh. you know i had no desire to be like them yep you know? and so I accepted. <laughs> and so I accepted. I accepted that I was different, and and I also started to appreciate that people were going to say that there was something wrong with me. Yep. You know, and as much as I as I bought into their idea of something being wrong with me, then I manifested that. The more I appreciated that I was different, and I appreciated that difference, mm, completely it completely changed my whole relationship to mental health. Yeah, it took me a long time to figure that out. Were you just like, like, like fuck it, I'm gonna just keep smoking? Like, so, so the assumption, the assumption is that that I value the NFL more than I value cannabis. Yeah. No, that's not what I'm trying to say. What I what I'm trying to say is that I think it's ridiculous that the NFL has all these bans and policies. This is my personal opinion. That okay, but but, but I understand what you're saying. Let me stop you here, right? Okay. To me, for 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 anyone to. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god 
<laughs> young people, I, I, I love young people, but it's again, part of the developmental process is to me to look at some authority figure and to say that what they're doing is ridiculous. Okay. Is implied, right? <laughs> because any authority figure is not going to have an individual's best interest at, at heart. Mm. And so, to me, like I don't have an expectation for the NFL to say that I'm allowed to smoke. That's up to me to make the decisions in my life about what's important to me and what I value. I see. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So it was a wake-up call for me, you know, because I thought I was supposed to value what the NFL meant more than I valued what cannabis meant, right? That's that's <laughs> anyone who doesn't, anyone who thinks differently is mentally ill, right? Yeah. But when I looked in the mirror and asked myself, the reality was I valued what cannabis gave me much more than I valued what the NFL gave me. And if that makes me mentally ill, good. That's that's yeah. <laughs> that's fine. But once I had that realization, I had the responsibility to act on that. How could I keep doing something that, that I wouldn't even like that? I would drive me crazy. Yeah, I, I feel like I would feel the same way if, if I was in that position, to be honest. And and keep in mind at this point, you know, I'd already led the NFL and I'd already led the NFL in rushing. And on the high, so I'd already done so many things in football is like, like. I wasn't doing it for the money. And if the only thing I could justify of why I was going to keep doing this to my body was for the money, it just didn't work for me. Mm. No, that, that definitely and the fact, that, and the fact that, I, that I did have money now and I, and I, ha I had freedom to be able to travel to, to do whatever I wanted to do, but I was still chasing this dream that I wasn't even my dream anymore when I could be doing these other things that I've always dreamt of doing my whole life. Uh, it was it was a relatively easy choice for me to make. When you retired, Ricky, did you start any other? Like, were you were you always an entrepreneur, or like, did you have other businesses, or like, start ventures, or invest into things while in the NFL, mm -hmm. or before Heisman? Yeah, I, I always wanted to, but like I said before, I didn't have anything of like that I felt a, a value to offer. And I think, you know, a lot of people think of entrepreneurship and they think about making money, but <laughs> but the whole idea of making money is that you have something valuable to offer people. Exactly, and you have to build a community. So, yeah, exactly. Well, you have to build a community, but you can build a community, but if you don't have anything valuable to offer them, you know, you're, you're, you're actually, yeah. yeah, you're actually abusing the community. Exactly. And so for me, the, the, start, the starting point was to actually have, feel like I have something to offer. Mm -hmm. And once and once I, I clicked into that, entrepreneurship just for me was a natural extension of that. Mm. It's like once I have something to offer now, it's to to do the work to get it out into the world. Advanced classes, right? In high school? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. That, yep. That's crazy. I, I, I wish I, I wish I could have. I graduated with I think with a two point five GPA. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I wasn't a good I wasn't a good student. I was I was you know, it's intelligent. But, oh, you're very intelligent. Yeah. But I wasn't a good student. I don't think I read. I don't think I read my first book until I was in my twenties. Yeah, same here. And it's kind of embar it's embarrassing for me to personally say that. But yeah, I caught. I've caught. No, I caught up. So a couple a couple more things, Ricky, before you go. And I, again, I really appreciate your time. You know. You, you mentioned don't just admire your heroes, join them. Mm. So I got to ask you, you know, what does that mean to you? What it means is like, in, you know, in, anything that we pay attention to mm -hmm. has, an effect on, has an effect on us. Mm -hmm. You know, and so if there's, if there's a person that inspires you, you know, and you're spending time thinking about that person, interacting with that, with that person watching that person that the inspiration that you feel is something that you have access to uh, and if we just and if we just like sit in it and think about it and revel in it it feels good but if we take it and we use it to do something you know it's like uh, you know i grew up and i was i wasn't really a big basketball fan but every year watching watching march madness you know i became a basketball player i couldn't help after watching all this talent concentrated to go outside and want to like do the same thing. And so 
And I think all great athletes had had this natural like ability to be inspired. You know, the whole idea of be like Mike. Like how many how many professional basketball players, you know, have been have been nourished by this that by the image of what Michael Jordan represented. Exactly. So so many, you know? But but there's one, there's the role model, but two, there's the people that are receptive to receiving and doing something with that inspiration. Right. And so I think that's that's the major thing that makes professional athletes different is that they've actually done something with that inspirational energy where a lot of other people, for whatever reason, they don't feel they, they don't give themselves permission to go do something with it. Mm-hmm. No, that, that definitely makes sense. H- have you ever mentored like someone not even I'm not, not necessarily even in terms of sports, but just someone in terms of like entrepreneurship or whatever it might be like, ha- have you ever done that before? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's what I do for a living you know, I, well, I, yeah, I yeah, on, spend... a, on a general basis. Yeah. No, it's, it's what I do for a living. I mean, people, people pay me to, to, so I would call mentorship and, and like living being themselves. Okay. Yeah. You know? Cause, cause most people, the reference <laughs> reference point they have to who they're supposed to be is their parents, culture and television. Ah, you know, right, and and those can give us ideas, but if that's where we're seeking the core of who we of who we are, then we're we're missing something. And the beauty of astrology is it gives you a deeper center with which to understand yourself, and then you can take society and parents and TV movies and all the images, and you can use those pieces to to craft who you are. But the core principle of who you are. You know, I think there's nothing there's nothing better than understanding your astrological chart to really tap you into that. Yeah, definitely. And another quote that I love is go where you're celebrated but not where you're tolerated. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that quote. Yeah. Yeah, again, I, I, it's more of a it comes from efficiency. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go somewhere and you're trying to prove to someone how special you are, you know, you have to attend to like what they define as special and work towards that. Which again might be effective. They might like you, but it's not very efficient, All right? Where you go to people already appreciate you, okay? Then they can they can sell they can celebrate and help support that developmental process I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a kid when when kid receives love and you smile and and tell it it's great, okay? It has the confidence to keep experimenting, to keep trying new things, and to keep finding itself. Uh, okay. Wow, that that really makes sense. Wow. Where a kid, where the parents are t- tolerating the kid, that kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, poor kid, right? Right. Poor kid. Yeah. So, Ricky, um, so Heisman is, in how many states is it currently in at, at this moment? We're, we're in one, two, three, four, five, six. Awesome, and that's working awesome. on work, working on yeah, working on a several more right now. Okay, and that obviously includes Massachusetts. Yes. We're we're so happy, man. We're so happy. We got Heisman in Boston. Uh, We need need more. We need more, like, brands and things like that. You know, just my personal opinion, you know. uh, (laughs) As you know, you know, Cali weed is much different than uh, weed in Massachusetts or Boston or up north for the most part. Yeah, but you know, this is what I've what I've learned being in different markets. Okay. Cause you know, cannabis is a tool, uh-huh. right? And it's a tool kind of like we were talking about. I think it's a tool that can put us in, in greater touch with our own sensitivity, with our own inner world. And one of the things that's constantly affecting our inner world is the place we live. Okay. You know, and so and so, like you know, I, I I travel around. I was in in the north. I was in the northwest this past weekend, uh, in Washington and Oregon, uh, visiting people. And even in Washington and Oregon, okay, mm-hmm. there's different there's different kinds of stoners. You know, yeah. there's a different vibe yeah. of people. There's a different vibe of people who openly come to dispensaries. You know, and and partake. And you know, and I fly to Mass. Right. Mm. And it's a different vibe. It's a different vibe. Yeah. It's a different frequency. And one of the things that I know um, the Northeast is known for is is like how intelligent, how intellectual people are. Mm. You know? And so I, like, I imagine as as cannabis becomes more normalized, 
um, in Massachusetts, we're going to see uh, like a lot of brilliant ideas, you know, because I think as, as, as more people, and you see, right, as it becomes more popular, uh, a larger group of people start to smoke. Mm. The smart people, you know, because when we were growing up, the smart people, for the most part, didn't smoke, exactly. right, because they were smart. Mm. Right? And a lot of times the, the jocks didn't because they were jocks. But now as those lines are starting to blur and they're starting to get more diversity in the people who are consuming cannabis, another way of saying that the people who are becoming more in tune with their inner world, people are becoming more comfortable with themselves, people are becoming more open-minded, which is a good thing. That, that's what we need. I mean, that, again, it's all about, you know, like you said, self-development. Yeah. And that's why our tagline at Heisman is spark greatness. You know, is that what we're saying is greatness doesn't come from outside. The greatness comes from those ideas we get, those those sparks, those insights that we get, that we get. Often when we're consuming cannabis or meditating or just around having great conversations with people we like listening to good music, appreciating anything, mm. you know, the ability to appreciate anything, I think is what sparks greatness. And one of the things that pretty much everyone can attest to is that cannabis can help us appreciate things better. Definitely. And, and Ricky, where can uh, people follow you? Obviously they can follow Heisman on Instagram. Um, will, uh, Ricky on Instagram and the website is Heisman.com. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm I'm always around, and so if people are interested and they want to connect in person, uh, Heisman.com. My schedule is always up on there. And then personally, my, my personal website is RickyWilliams.life. L-I-F-E. Uh, and then yeah, I'm also on Insta and post every once in a while on Twitter. Okay. Ricky, thank you so much for coming on the show. I I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. JT did it again. This is On Air with JT. Join JT, visionary and host for a 420-friendly improv and variety talk show featuring pop culture, news, interviews, debates and the home of the famous JT Rants. Here, mental health awareness is at the forefront with JT on a mission to inspire and spread mental health awareness. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio and YouTube. You can stay up to date and get in touch by heading to onairwithjt.com. To contact the show directly or for business inquiries, use onairwithjt at gmail.com. On Air with JT, hosted by JT and Maddie. On Air with JT. Listen to On Air with JT on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Go to onairwithjt.com. If you are a business owner, brand, company, or anyone selling a product and you want to advertise on this podcast, email the show directly at onairwithjt at gmail.com. We are offering extremely low rates for a limited time. Once again, email the show at onairwithjt at gmail.com. JT did it again. JT here. You might not notice how much time you actually waste rolling blunts. I mean, I didn't. Wouldn't you rather be spending that time doing what you actually love? You know, spending time rolling blunts and joints, it's very time consuming. Ain't nobody got time for that. Especially rolling joints from hand can be a little difficult at times and they often come out looking a little ugly. More smoking, less rolling with a canagar that burns longer. Instead of rolling four joints back to back next time you're with your friends, make a canagar that will save you the time and burn just as long if not longer, seriously. JT approved. Even in the smallest size that holds one to two grams, you're getting more out of that than a regular blunt. And it's burning less, getting higher, you're saving money, you're saving weed. I mean, it's a win-win situation. You can also get the perfect looking roll every single time since the weed is compressed into a perfect shape that will stand out. You might be asking yourself, well, how does it work? Well, I'll tell you. The weed is compressed into the mold with the skewer placed in the middle for the airflow. Since the weed is tightly compressed, it leaves less space for air pockets in your roll and hence 
less burn speed since fire needs air to move quicker go pick up your canagar right now and tell them that jt sent you purplerosesupply.com you can follow purple rose supply on instagram at purple rose supply smoke more roll less purple rose supply go pick up a canagar for yourself and you will see that it is the shit go to purplerosesupply.com you can also follow them on instagram at purple rose supply tell them jt sent you you are listening to on air with jt on air with jt hosted by jt and maddie jt did it again JT here. You might not notice how much time you actually waste rolling blunts. I mean, I didn't. Wouldn't you rather be spending that time doing what you actually love? You know, spending time rolling blunts and joints, it's very time consuming. Ain't nobody got time for that. Especially rolling joints from hand can be a little difficult at times and they often come out looking a little ugly. More smoking, less rolling with a canagar that burns longer. Instead of rolling four joints back to back next time you're with your friends, make a canagar that will save you the time and burn just as long if not longer. Seriously. JT approved. Even in the smallest size that holds one to two grams, you're getting more out of that than a regular blunt. And it's burning less, getting higher, you're saving money, you're saving weed. I mean, it's a win-win situation. You can also get the perfect looking roll every single time since the weed is compressed into a perfect shape that will stand out. You might be asking yourself, well, how does it work? Well, I'll tell you. The weed is compressed into the mold with the skewer placed in the middle for the airflow. Since the weed is tightly compressed, it leaves less space for air pockets in your roll and hence less burn speed since fire needs air to move quicker. Go pick up your canagar right now and tell them that JT sent you. PurpleRoseSupply.com You can follow Purple Rose Supply on Instagram at Purple Rose Supply. Smoke more, roll less. Purple Rose Supply. Go pick up a Kanagar for yourself and you will see that it is the shit. Go to purplerosesupply.com. You can also follow them on Instagram at purplerosesupply. Tell them JT sent you.